Hello again. It is a uh, spring spectacular edition of the WRHS Sporting Concern. It's been it's been a while since we've gotten together to uh, talk about the world of sports. Uh, as always, it's Mr. Geary. I'm here with Zach. Mr. Geary, it's great to be back. Finally recording another episode. Yes, sir. And Ryan. What's up, Mr. Geary? Not too much. Glad to be here. So uh, we've got a, uh, a baseball-centric show today. Uh, on the agenda, we're going to be talking um, a little bit woodland baseball. We're just going to touch on a little bit of MLB. We'll save maybe the MLB talk for uh, in-depth talk for maybe another few weeks. See what uh, teams start uh, showing us what they are. Um, we're going to talk about the All-Star Game moving. We uh, haven't had a chance to talk about that yet. And then uh, we got a fun segment lined up talking about baseball books. Combining two things I love, reading and baseball. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we return, we'll uh, get into it here on the WRHS Sporting Concern. All right, we're back here with the uh, WRHS base, uh, Sporting Concern. It's Zach. It's Ryan. It's Mr. Geary. Uh, how, how are you guys doing? I'm having a great day. Ryan and I got inducted into the National Honor Society today, Mr. Geary. Uh, we had baseball practice, big game tomorrow against Seymour. So that is, uh, that is as good a day as you can have in high school as uh, you can think up. Uh, enjoy, enjoy it now, fellas. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it, it's fleeting. So how was, uh, so the, uh, the hall of fame, um, or not hall of fame, the, um, national honor society induction that was in person, correct? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we were, um, all the, the class of 2022, uh, got inducted today. Um, right. we, it was only us there, no parents, but Hawk headlines, uh, streamed it out for parents and family members to watch. Excellent. All right. So we're slowly getting back to normal. How, uh, how have what is your reactions to uh the 75 percent back in school the new schedule what's what are our thoughts on that ryan we have advisory every day so yeah, that's got to be a thrill for you it's amazing that's i like it i like i like seeing more people again and i mean it, it's starting to feel normal yes so. slowly but surely uh, where are you two on the, uh, vaccine schedule? Double vaxxed. Wow. Are you? Look at you. Yeah. Ryan, what about yeah, you? I haven't, I haven't gotten vaccinated yet. Not yet. All right. Uh, I got my second shot last week. Uh, you are going to get vaccinated though, correct? Ryan? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know when. Okay. Uh, doesn't, doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement, well, but I, don't uh, know. I haven't really thought about it. I don't know. I guess might as well. Yeah, might as well. All right. Um, so, yeah, I got my second shot last week. Uh, so I'm a week in already. So, uh, yes, returning to normal. And speaking of returning to normal, baseball's back on schedule. Um, we, uh, to my knowledge, there has not been two. There was a few hiccups at the beginning of the season. Um, but I have not heard of late. Now we're, what, three, four weeks in? Um, we Just haven't had, uh, of late, we have not had any, uh, suspensions of games. Um, 
So that's good. Uh, you're starting to hear teams starting to get more and more vaccinated so that they can uh, kind of return back to normal. And um, that is good. But uh, with the new baseball season brought uh, some controversy early on here. And that uh, entailed the All-Star Game, something that's not happening for a few months. So uh, as you guys know, and as our listeners hopefully know from the news, because this sort of jumped off the sports page and made the, uh, the national news and the politics page, the uh, 2021 All-Star Game, which was scheduled to be held at uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves' new stadium, which I believe is called Truist Stadium. Truist Park. Yep. Truist Park. Yep. Um, baseball, the commissioner, uh, decided to pull the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And he did this in response to the state of Georgia's uh, new 98-page uh, voting laws, which um, – you know, it's not a political show, so we're not going to really get into the law. But uh, people that have an issue with this voting law uh, make the case that it severely restricts um, early voting uh, opportunities, um, uh, time of voting. And there's there's all kinds of uh, provisions that people uh, have an issue with in this law. So. Um, the commissioner acting in accordance with the uh, players union and uh, other stakeholders decided to move the uh, game. Um, he did this um, now, despite what some fake news has said, uh, Georgia Democrats never called for a boycott of the game. Uh, Stacey Abrams, who is very active in uh, democratic state politics in the state of Georgia, you know her from uh, her work with voter registration. She ran for governor and lost to Governor Kemp. Um, she said she was disappointed that, uh, I'm quoting from the New York Times, uh, she was disappointed, quote, uh, quote, unquote, that league officials had pulled the All-Star game, but she did say she was, quote, proud of Major League Baseball's stance on voting rights. Um so the game, I believe, is going to be played now in Denver. Is that correct? Denver, yeah. Rocky yeah, Stadium? It's so, at Coors Field in Colorado, yep. Coors Field in Colorado. So um, a lot going on here. Um, you know, uh, state Republicans, national Republicans, and, um, you know, other factions criticize baseball for doing this. Uh you know, one thing they criticized baseball for was um, that it was going to make a financial hit to the state of Georgia. But again, according to the New York Times, uh, the impact on Georgia's state economy of losing the All-Star Game is minimal, said Andrew Zimbalist, who is a sports economist at Smith College. And the reason he cited for that was that most of the tickets would be sold locally, which would affect the local um, community of the stadium, which isn't even Atlanta. The stadium is located, I believe, about 10 miles north of Atlanta. Uh, and that the festivities, most of them would have been canceled anyways because of COVID. So it's more of a 
publicity, uh, political and civic gesture than a financial gesture. Uh, so what are our thoughts on, on Major League Baseball? A sporting organization similar to the NHL that's not really known for taking political stances. We've, we've seen this sort of action out of the NFL and the NBA of the past few years. Major League Baseball really has been sort of quiet with the big political stances. You know, they, they very few players got involved with, you know, standing or kneeling during the pledge or the uh, national anthem. Um, you know, you don't see Major League Baseball players really uh, wearing, you know, any Black Lives Matter um, symbolism, you know, like we see the uh, NBA players. But now here's a, uh, a big move from Major League Baseball, a big move made early, months before the game was scheduled to play. So um, what are your thoughts on, on baseball doing this? I mean, I think I wouldn't even say it's a risk, but I mean, they, there was definitely a lot of backlash they received for, uh, for moving the game. Uh, I mean, not only from, you know, Republicans who found it, you know, too much of a political decision for a sporting organization and a league to make, but, you know, also from people from around the area of Atlanta and in Georgia that wanted, you know, to see the Braves host the game and possibly at that point even attend it themselves because of, you know, new opening regulations. And Atlanta's one of the, this only the second now stadium to open at full capacity starting in July. I'm pretty sure they are doing it as well. I heard that too. Yeah. They're going full capacity. Um, yeah. What, uh, well, I, I don't know if I totally agree that it was not a risk because I do think, um, I don't think I, I, I don't know that this would win them new fans. Like if you're somebody that supports this, Oh no, I, I think it is a definitely a risk. Yeah. I think that they were taking a huge risk moving it, uh, opening themselves to all that backlash. I mean, I think it's easier for people to not watch baseball and sort of not go to the games over this. I think there's more of a chance of that than kind of new fans going to baseball. You know, I tend to think when I think of progressive politics, I know this is not always true, but I think of younger people. And we certainly know, you know, there's many statistics that show that younger people are not exactly flocking to the sport of baseball. So I don't know that this would bring more fans to the, the stadium. So I do think it was a risky move uh, that Major League Baseball felt like they wanted to make. Um, Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I don't know much about this, but like definitely a risk. And MLB markets their game very bad. So with this being in the news, definitely wouldn't like controversy being in the news definitely wouldn't bring new fans. There's definitely that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um. Yeah, no. They, they, I like going. The MLB sucks at marketing. Like the all the local blackouts. I mean, the refusal to market. You know, like guys like Mike Trout and some of the best players in the league. It's just. It's not. They're be they're behind a lot of other professional sports leagues when it comes to marketing, and I, I don't think this will bring anybody new to the the table either. Well, um, so so I mean, does that matter in this? Should they? I mean, do, does that make their move more um, more 
noble, if you will, or does it matter? Or um, I probably think they, you know, they thought about it a little bit, but I feel like they, you know, the the idea to move it outweighed, you know, the, some of the negative effects that it could have taken. But I think it, it had it probably had to cross their minds when they came to making this decision. I mean, you have a sport that, um, you know, we've, we, you know, those of us that, that watch the sport, you know, know that there is a problem of less and less uh, black players playing baseball through the years. Um, you know, it, it's, it's white players, it's uh, Hispanic players, uh, more and more Asian players, but, um, you know, the black teenager, the black athlete is not exactly flocking to baseball like he was 10, 20 years ago. Um, also, they were honoring Hank Aaron at this game. Uh, Hank Aaron, a giant, not only in baseball, but in the civil rights movement. And the city of Atlanta is uh, one of our cities that is, at least you know I think of it, associated with the black experience. Um, according to the, now this is going to change soon because we're getting new census figures out, you know, they've already been releasing some new data, but, uh, according to the last census 2010, um, and the city of Atlanta is 54% identifies as African-American as black. So I do think about the other end of it, you know, could baseball have had one of their marquee events in a state that has been roiled right now with this voting issue, um, which, you know, people that study this do believe that if these, this new law is going to negatively affect any type of voter, it is going to be a black voter in a city that's predominantly black, which already has had their baseball stadium taken away from them, essentially moved to the suburbs. It's not like it's in the city. Um, you know, did, did, did baseball have a choice? Could baseball have have stayed there and, and sort of not commented on it? So is the gesture kind of worth it? Um, you know, are, are they achieving anything by this? Are they putting other states on call you know, that the next sporting event might be moved. You know, these, these laws are on the books coming up in Texas. Um, I know there's a few other states. Florida's started having uh, rules like this sort of enacted. So did baseball have a choice here? I think they did. I mean, I think they had a choice to make. I, I think in their eyes it was a pretty easy one to make. But I, I feel like there were some things where – you know, you could weigh it in one way or another. Like we could choose not to comment on it, and they've choose. In the, you know, in the past, the MLBs. You said it, Mister Giria. They're not really known for taking stances on political matters. So I think that, you know that always fuels you know them having a choice of whether or not they wanted to make this decision. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, Tyler Perry. I don't know if you're familiar with Tyler Perry. Uh, he does the like the Medea movies and all those movies. Very, very. Um, um, what's the word ha has like an empire, me, uh, kind of a film empire, a black film empire, um, and very popular in the black community. He has said he, and he films his movies in Georgia. Um, Georgia is well known for movie making because they offer many different incentives. Uh, I think just about all the Marvel movies are made in Atlanta. 
or in, in Georgia. And uh, Tyler Perry just built a huge movie studio in Georgia. And he, you know, he has said he's not going to stop making films in Georgia because they employ uh, black workers. They employ the economy. They pump money into the economy. So, you know, sometimes when these when, when these sporting events are pulled out, yeah, there's a political statement made. But then the economic fallout, you know, in this case, it doesn't look like it's going to be that much. But at other times, it does impact people, the very people that are being hurt by the law that you're protesting to begin with. Now they're, they're being affected economically. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, the talk has sort of died down a little bit. Um, but, you know, it's going to start up again in July when the All-Star game rolls around. Um, so I guess the big picture is again, back to the same old question again, do these major sports, uh, uh, associations and organizations, do they have an obligation to do moves like this and make moves like this and make statements politically, or, you know, is it sort of, uh, kind of the road to hell paved with good intentions does it you know seem like the right thing to do but it ends up being more hurtful and doesn't really achieve much ryan what are your what are your thoughts on well, what i think with that i feel like they i feel like they can be involved but they shouldn't like base everything off that like it's their own it's a sport it's not really it's not associated it's not like it's not politics it's sport it's supposed to be something that like gets away from that stuff and i think I think some, yes, it should be influenced a little bit, but I feel like the whole thing shouldn't be just politically based. All right. Zach, final word on this? I, I think, you know, like Ryan said, I think there should be, you know, some sort of say in politics because you have such a huge platform. I mean, you should probably get your voice, the voice, the collective voices is such a high platform heard. But, you know, having, you know, sports solely based on politics isn't what a lot of people usually like. So I think they also sporting organizations and league also have to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there you have it. Uh, it's an interesting, it's a thorny issue. Um, I don't know exactly where I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know how they would have had the all-star game there amid all the controversy. Um, you know, and, and, you know, in, in reading about this, you know, you get into the other issue of that, that stadium that was built that you get into a lot of issues when you uncover this one, one is the stadium that ostensibly is the Atlanta brave stadium, but is moved out of a predominantly black urban area and moved to a suburb. Um, you know, what message does that send? Maybe there's no message. Maybe it's just more convenient and, and more parking. But, um, you know, you look at these stadiums sometimes that are built and, and they're sort of moved away from the fan base and put into an area that might be wealthier and a certain different demographic, but, you know, it's taken away from the fans. And then the triple whammy with the Atlanta Braves, you know, not even to get into the whole naming issue. And, you know, they've sort of escaped uh, the, the, it seems like they've escaped the ire that seems to be falling on the Cleveland Indians right now. Um, where I don't know, I would, I think the, I, you can make the argument Braves is a worse name than Indians. 
Um, I think that that Cleveland logo is certainly tough to take, but um, you know, so a lot of things going on there uh, with the Atlanta Braves, not to mention they're not playing, they're playing under expectations, uh, gravely under expectations right now. So uh, a lot going on with the Atlanta Braves this year and uh, moving that all-star game, sort of a surprise move by a, by an organization that doesn't really make moves like that. Um, so good conversation. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, a little bit lighter fare. We're going to be talking about uh, baseball books and uh, making some recommendations, talking about the books we've read, the books we like, and, um, and what uh, some of the Woodland staff recommended. So that's all to come here when we come back on the WRHS Sporting Concern. All right, we're back here on the old WRHS Sporting Concern. And um, I always like to, I like to read, I like to read baseball books at two times a year. I always like to try and read a baseball book in the middle of winter to sort of make me uh, dream of spring. And then I usually try to read one at the beginning of the year, like during uh, spring training or at the beginning of the baseball season. Um, so how about you guys? Uh, are, are you, do you enjoy reading the baseball books? I, I, most of the books I like to read are, you know, baseball, um, baseball related. Most of my, the books I like to read are a lot about the Mets. I'm a Mets fan. So some of the stuff I read is about that. So, yeah, no, I do enjoy reading baseball books. Well, uh, you're in. What are you taking next year for English? Me, I'm taking AP Lit. All right, because uh, R.A. Dickey's book is going to be included on. Uh, so we're changing summer reading next year. You're going to have a list to choose from instead of just having to pick one. And uh, the senior year reading is memoirs and autobiographies, and uh, R.A. Dickey's book is included in that. So you should ask uh, your uh, AP teacher if you can possibly read that. Ryan, how about you? You uh, cracking open the uh, the spine of a baseball book or what? Well, I don't really enjoy reading, but oh baseball, like like when we had to, like when I was when we when we were younger, I always picked a baseball book. They're not the worst, but it's just reading. So <laughs> they're not the worst. Yeah, you you get us some strong takes today about vaccination. I mean, I might as well get it. Reading books, you know, it's not the worst. So, so some strong takes. Well, I uh, I love reading about baseball. I rarely I read about basketball once in a while. I like to read about like '90s basketball, but I don't really read football books or hockey books. Um, but I love reading baseball books, and um, I'm reading right now. Uh, a book I've been wanting to read forever. I don't know why. It's one I've just been intrigued by it, and I always see it at like used bookstores. And finally, uh, a few months ago, we were down at the Niantic Book Barn, and I came across it again, and I finally grabbed it. And that is a book by a writer that I, I don't know that she's ever written another sports book. Um, it is called Crazy Eight. It is by a writer, Crazy O Eight. For you, those of you at home that can't see this, and it's by Kate Murphy, C A I T Murphy, um, and it's about the 1908 baseball season, 
Uh, one of the things I like reading about baseball is I love how long the history goes back. And, uh, you know, cause I like American history too. So, um, you know, this one really gets into the prehistory of baseball. I mean, this is, you know, this is before Babe Ruth. This is before um, a radio. This is before everything. I mean, 1908 is, is so long ago. It's, it's a lot of what's in this book is, is it's so foreign to the game we know today. I mean, teams, teams kind of almost didn't have permanent names. Even they kind of had nicknames. Um, and, uh, it just talks about the 1908 season. Uh, the big teams at the time were the Chicago Cubs who were a, a dynasty at the time. Now this book was written before the Cubs won their world series. So it does make note in here several times in the book, like how odd it is to think about the, uh, the Chicago Cubs as a juggernaut, but they had won several world series. Um, so it's the Cubs. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates, another team we don't really associate with winning anymore, but uh, they had Honus Wagner, and they were good. And then the San Francisco Giants, a team that doesn't really – or not San Francisco, the New York Giants, which don't exist anymore. Um, so it talks about um, the season and how those three were vying for the pennant. Uh, the American League existed, but it wasn't – you know, it was just sort of new. Um you know, the New York Yankees aren't really a, a major concern. Um, the the Tigers. Cardinals weren't very good. And there's other teams in here. Um, it's a little confusing. There's a Brooklyn team, but I don't – I'm not exactly sure if it's the Brooklyn Dodgers. I think it's a team called the Brooklyn Superbas. Um, there's a, a Browns team, which I think is the St. Louis Browns. Um, there's the Boston Braves, the Philadelphia A's. So there's all these teams that don't really exist anymore, and there's no teams uh, west of the Mississippi, I think. So uh, just, uh, you know, Honus Wagner looms large in here. Cy Young is in here. Um, but it's a real interesting look at America over a century ago, interesting look at baseball, and uh, it's interesting to read about uh, what is similar and what is different. I mean, they talk about the, the ballparks. There's no Fenway then, no Wrigley Field, um, you know, uh, no polo grounds. So none of those teams played in the stadiums we're used to today. Um, so an interesting book, no night baseball. So if you like, like, ancient baseball history, Crazy Eight is a good book uh, for you. Um, I also read this winter, I read The Big Fella by Jane Levy. And the big is about uh, Babe Ruth. And Jane Levy is uh, one of my favorite baseball writers. She only writes one book every seven or eight years. And she does, you know, just years of research. Her last book was kind of the definitive book about Mickey Mantle, The Last Boy, uh, which I, was amazing. And then before that, she wrote a book about uh, Sandy Koufax. And um, I got to meet her at the Hall of Fame a couple of years ago. My wife and I went up to uh, the uh, Mariano Rivera induction. And at the Hall of Fame, they had Jane Levy there talking about her new Babe Ruth book. And uh, I got to meet her afterwards. Um, so it was interesting because 
you know, she answered the obvious question, why do we need another Babe Ruth book? And amazingly enough, she she gets into some new material. She kind of explores Babe Ruth's childhood. There's this sort of myth that he was an orphan and left off in an orphanage. And that's not true. He had parents. They sort of sent him away to a boys boarding school in Baltimore. Um, and the book doesn't cover what I like about it is unlike the mantle book, the mantle book covers his entire life from like birth to death. The Babe Ruth book gets in, it covers his childhood and young years, but then it covers, um, the, the way it's, it's, it's sequenced, it's sequenced around, uh, I think it's the, uh, it's the 1927 season. I think it covers the post after the world series. He and Lou Gehrig went on a barnstorming tour. Um, and it, it like it, 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 it documents that barnstorming tour. And then from that, it talks about different topics, it talks about like celebrity, it talks about his salary. Uh, it talks about merchandising um, and all of celebrity, uh, his women and marriage, his family. So it kind of goes more topic based. Um, so I read that this year too. And I, I do recommend that one. Um what uh any anything you've read of late any baseball books yeah um right now i'm reading um anthony DeComo and david david wright's uh biography the captain uh -huh. that one recently came out um that's i'm trying to get through that right now i'm a huge mets fan like i said before so reading that one um bartolo cologne came out with a book mr geary <laughs> really yeah I think that's pretty good it's a it's um well, I wouldn't call it a book as much as I call it, you know, <laughs> the, the, let's just say the writing isn't, you know, of the best quality. Yes. But um, I just picked it out. It's called Big Sexy. Oh, boy. Of course it is. Um, well, since I pre-ordered the book, along with it came this poster. I don't know if you can see it. Wow. Look at that. And it's signed by the man himself. Oh, that's pretty sharp. That's nice. So, yeah, no, and it, you know, it just talks, this one just talks about, you know, his life. That's the book right there. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, <laughs> <laughs> that looks, that looks good. Bartello Colon, of course, played, uh, God, how many years? 20 something, right? 21, I think. 20. Yeah. Something like that. Something crazy. Excellent. Well, you talk about, you know, a lot of times these books are, are not well, sometimes they're not well written and that is the case. But, uh, you know, I've read, I usually read exclusively Yankee books, um, and usually exclusively 1990s Yankee books. If there's a book about the 1990 Yankees, I'll, I'll read it. But, uh, you know, the Yankee years by Joe Torrey, I thought was well done. Um, especially I thought two recommendations I would make kind of surprised me how well written they were one was uh, the closer by mariano rivera which he did write i mean i'm sure he had somebody help him but um and then jorge posada's the journey home and uh both of them were surprisingly well written and both of them are similar in that they're not just baseball stories they're sort of immigrant stories um you know jorge's talks about him growing up in puerto rico and coming to America, not being able to speak English, going to community college, joining the Yankees, 
And then uh, Mariano's is about growing up uh, in Panama. Similar situation. Seems like he was a little bit better off than Jorge, but both of them, you know, come from, you know, it's, 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 you know, you forget the poverty these guys came from. Um, and, uh, you know, Mariano's is, is a, is a good book as well. Um, but if, uh, I have to recommend probably one of my favorite books, the classic one, of course, is ball four by Jim Bowden. Uh, have you guys heard of this one? No, I haven't. Uh, it's a pretty famous baseball book because it was really one of the first kind of tell all books. He kept a diary during the, uh, I think it's the 1969 season. Let me double check. Yep. 1969. Um, Jim Bowden, a Yankees pitcher, um, kept a diary of his year playing with the Yankees. And in 69, you know, it was not a good year for the Yankees. Uh, they had a down year. Um, actually, hold on. Wait, no, no, I got that wrong. No, this was my fault. No, 1969. He was, um, I screwed up. He was playing for a team called the Seattle Pilots, which I believe only existed one year in the major leagues. But he played for the Yankees before that. And in the book, he spilled secrets, told tales about those classic Yankee teams um, that before then, you know, the, the sports writers weren't like today. They traveled with the team. They drank with the team. They hung out with the team. And they kind of didn't print anything bad about the team. Um, so Jim Bowden in his book, you know, told tales about those Yankees teams he played on and, and got into, you know, Mickey Mantle's drinking and carousing and all that and was sort of uh, shunned by baseball for writing a book like this. But of course it became a classic um, and it's got the, the classic, classic last line of the book. Um, and he ends this book by saying, you see, you spend a good piece of your life gripping a baseball. And in the end, it turns out it was the other way around all the time. So I always liked that, uh, that ending, but, uh, yeah, ball four is a great book. Very funny. Jim Bowden's a great writer. So besides being a baseball player, he's a great writer. So, uh, I don't know. Any recommendations from you guys, some books you've read in the past that, uh, our, our listeners should read. Didn't you read Three Days in August or something a couple of years ago? I read that last year in your class, Mr. Gear. I read Three Days mm-hmm. in August. You know, it's about Tony LaRussa, former Cardinal manager, current White Sox. White doing a bang up job in achieving. Um it was about a three game set in 2003 with the Cubs and you know what it's like being a manager kind of gives that inside experience, what went through his head some of the problems he faced as the manager, all that other stuff. I also read um, Ron Darling's memoir. Oh, that caused some controversy, didn't it? It was about game seven of the World Series and all that. It gave some insight to that 86 Mets team yeah. in their clubhouse. Lenny Dykstra was not happy with that book at all, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and um, now there's a 30 for 30 coming out on the 1986 Mets. Oh, my well. God. is there, That's going to be insane. Yep. Um, all right, Ryan, I know, uh, I don't know if you have anything current, but, uh, no. what can you remember from the, from back in the day? What, what, for our younger listeners, Ryan? Well, I remember reading the Derek Jeter books. Those yes. are, I like those, those are good. Those ones yeah. Those in the, um, 
Mike Lupica writes yeah, a lot. I of these just books. About to say that just those books. I read a lot of those. I read that. I, I when I was young, I read all those Mike Lupica books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we asked uh, the WRHS staff. Um, I emailed them about a week or two ago to ask them for their recommendations, and uh, they came pouring in. So let's look at a few of them. Um, so Dr. Mulligan recommends the closer. Uh, if we've ever seen Dr. Mulligan's monster trucks and her various monster trucks that she drives in the parking lot, uh, she sports an all rise uh, license plate uh, in homage to uh, to uh, Aaron Judge. So big Yankee family there. Uh, Coach Heller, three nights in August, recommend Coach Heller. Of course, uh, is uh, is he the JV coach? Freshman. Freshman coach and uh, also a uh, Naugatuck baseball legend, too. Very good high school pitcher. Um, Mr. Decker recommended the Big Bam, which is another classic uh, Babe Ruth book uh, written by Lee Monfil, I believe. Um, we had a couple of uh, – uh, Mrs. Gaetano recommended Joe DiMaggio, A Hero's Life, which I did read too. That is a good book. And she liked Heat by Mike Lubica. Uh, Mrs. Luddy recommended a softball book, Throw Like a Girl, which I believe is by Jenny Finch, yeah. uh, very well-known college uh, softball player. Then I think she played like in the, the uh, professional league as well. A um, Couple of uh, kids' recommendations. Miss Gartman recommended in the year of the boar and Jackie Robinson. I don't know that one, but uh, Miss Lesh came through with the ballpark mysteries a series of kids' books about mysteries that occur at the ballpark. Um, Mr. Cullen did not respond, but I know Mr. Cullen thinks very highly of Moneyball, which uh, I. Uh, I've read and I like a lot. I do think some of that Moneyball philosophy is uh, kind of dated today. Uh, Billy Bean isn't even with the A's anymore. But um, Mr. Cullen, I know, is a big baseball fan, big fan of Moneyball. Um, so if anyone is listening out there and has other recommendations for us, uh, toss them our way. We'll uh, be glad to indulge them. Um all right, so we're going to take another break here, and then when we come back, we're going to talk a little Woodland Baseball and then uh, wrap things up for tonight on the uh, WRHS uh, Sporting Concern Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, we're back here and um, bringing things to a close today, but before we go... Uh, we have two members of the baseball team with us right here, Ryan and Zach. So, guys, talk to us about uh, the, uh, the 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 boys' baseball team's scorching opening to their season. We're uh, we're on fire to start, Mister Geary. Six and zero to start the season. Uh, wins over Wolcott, St. Paul, Oxford, Torrington, Ansonia, and Derby. We have Seymour in our big rivalry game tomorrow, but no, we are we're we're pretty hot to cut out of the gates. Who uh, who's who's been uh, carrying the team so far this uh, this year, Ryan? Who's the uh, who are the ones to watch? Well, we've had really good pitching so far, and with Mike Belcher, Matt Kaliani, and Cam Heeman. But 
but that's also because we kind of we haven't had that many games like like we haven't played uh, three or four games in a week yet so they've been able to pitch every game oh nice yeah so we've had really good pitching from them all right and who are the uh who are the hot bats so far this season See, here's the thing. I mean, our bats have been a little cold as of late. I mean, we, we've scored like three, four runs. But I mean, it, so far, our entire our entire lineup has been hitting pretty well. I mean, Jaden Tomasella is a leadoff hitter, gets on base. Ryan bats two and is on base all the time. Matt Belcher hits three, and he's, a, you know, one of our best producers. Coming down, me, Tyler Lato, Matt Deegan, Tyler Giambra. I mean... We're a pretty heavy junior class team, but everybody's contributing so far. Matt Coliani as well. Thanks for Master Petro at the bottom rounding it out. All right, so uh, I'm not sure when this is going to air, so why don't you give us uh, the upcoming schedule for the next week. So we're recording this on a Thursday, and uh, you have Seymour. The game got moved, correct, tomorrow to Friday? So, yeah, Thursday or today's Thursday. So tomorrow, Friday the 30th, we have Seymour. Um, then Saturday, May 1st, is against Sacred Heart. That's this Saturday. And then next next week is our biggest week so far. We play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday again. So four games in a week. Monday's against Watertown. Wednesday's against Holy Cross. Friday, we have an out-of-conference game against Thomaston. And Saturday is at home at 11 a.m. versus Naugatuck. All right. And are all these games on uh, Hawk Headlines? Uh, not not yet this year. We were still trying to figure out how to you know adapt it to the outside and you know get get everything going there. All right. Well, the weather's getting nicer. The days are getting longer. So just get yourselves out to the ballpark and uh, check out uh, that uh, hawk action. And um, you know, make sure you put a beat down on Holy Cross for me. Got it. All right, so that wraps it up then. Uh, Good luck tomorrow. And uh, for Ryan and Zach, this is Mr. Geary. And uh, this has been uh, the WRHS Sporting Concern. Hopefully we'll be back sooner than later. I think we should talk baseball movies next time. All right. See you, Mr. Geary. All right, take care, everyone.